Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 83. 83? I thought it was 84. No. It's impossible. It is 84. You sure? Yes. What did we, we did not do 83 last time. Yes, that was episode 83. The, oh. you know, 100 episodes put out, blah, 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 not counting the contest thing that you don't, blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously it wasn't very memorable. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. All right, so, hey, happy 84th episode, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about the, uh, the February books. Green Lantern Corps 57, Green Lantern 62, and Emerald Warrior number 7. I have no idea what order we should do these in. You you want to knock out Green Lantern Corps, just get that out of the way. I don't know, I'm kind of kind of looking forward to doing that one. Oh. Yeah. Alright, well, <laughs> would, so would you rather start with Green Lantern? <laughs> yeah, let's start with Green Lantern, then do Green Lantern Corps, and then end on a high note. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we got Green Lantern number sixty-two. You know the artistic team is you know relatively the same as usual. Jeff Johns, Doug Monkey, uh, Keith Keith Champagne. What does he do? He's uh, inks. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, with a few other people. Okay. So we start this issue with a flashback, and. You know, flashbacks are always awesome because it gives us little clues and whatnot. You have Krona, you have Gamphet, and Krona in these... Well, first off, they're tall. They're not guardians. Um, And they have this guy chained up. It's uh, all silhouetted, so you can't tell who it is. Um, You have Gamphet and Krona in, I guess, like white dresses, really that have the white life symbol on them and red, like, cloaks draped around them. Um, not well, they're, sure. They're dressed like guardians, except t- tall, you know? <laughs> well, and in white and red. Yeah. But it's like, they're not they're not wearing dresses now any more than they normally are when we see them. Yeah, well, you know, they're like cloak type thing. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to the prom. It's no. not like that. They're going to deliver a basket of goodies to Grandma. After, you know, they're they're talking and, you know, we get a kind of a flashback to Krona looking at the hand at the beginning of time. Um, You know, they give the background that Krona is, you know, responsible for the creation of the antimatter universe uh, and uh, also Quard, the Weaponers, the Antimonitor, and ultimately Sinestro's Yellow Ring. This is all a result of Krona. Um... And, uh, you know, now it's present day, and Hal Jordan is throwing every bit of willpower that he has at Krona. And Krona's just completely deflecting it. You know, he's got the power of Ion behind him, so uh, it ain't doing much. And, you know, the all the other, you know, new guardians are kind of helping get uh, civilians, you know, out of there, keep everybody else safe. Al Jordan's really the only one that's going up against Krona. And, uh, you know, and, and you got the flash back there. He's like, you know, what's going on? Everything's blurry. You know, after effects from Parallax. So uh, he's kind of out of commission for now. Um, 
Corona's got he's got all the guard well, almost all of the entities and uh finally, you know, Hal throws everything that he has at Krona. He I think he gets like one lucky shot in with like, you know, a tiny little focus laser beam that kinda scrapes Krona's skin, locks him in a science cell, and Krona's like, You expect to keep me in a science cell? That's, you know, ridiculous. I'm the one that invented science cells. And, uh, you know, he just kind of starts absorbing all of Hal's energy. And, you know, then we cut to all of a sudden Atrocitus comes in, starts throwing up fire blood at Krona. And uh, this actually has like a, a little effect on Krona. Enough for Atrocitus to get a giant bite out of Krona's neck. But, uh, you know, he uses entities... He's like, you know, that's it. You know, no more Mr. Nice Guy. All of the, the new Guardians, you know, well, you know, I guess Carol's not around, but, you know, all the rest of them, they, uh, they now make, like, you know, one major effort. It's like, okay, let's go at them. You know, it's like, we're the good guys. We always win. And that's when, uh, you know, a mental attack from Ophidian comes in. And, uh, Krona figures out that the, the Butcher is in Atrocitus' battery, which is in the hidden dimension that he also discovered. So we're kind of finding out that Krona is really the guy that figured everything out for the Green Lantern Corps. You kind of wonder if any of the other Guardians had anything to do with anything <laughs> at this point. Um, so now Krona has the Butcher. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got all of them. And, you know, he can finally leave. And, you know, Hal Jordan's like, he's like, oh, you're not leaving on my watch. And uh, Krona's just like, um, incorrect. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Hal Jordan is waking up in a bed, I guess in space. Yeah, so he wakes up in a bed, and, uh, you know, I'm presuming that it's in space, surrounded by Batman, Flash, and Superman. Um, and they're like, uh, hey, what's going on, you know? We'll help. We're the heroes. You know, we can do this together. And Hal's like, um, yeah, um, I'm going to go do this with my new friends because uh, they're, they're more powerful than you and I don't want you guys to get hurt. And, uh, you know, that's when all of his new friends kind of show up and they just blink out of there by indigo power. And that's the issue. Yeah. It's like... Nah, I think I'm going to go with these psychos over here. (laughs) Yes, three of which are, like, you know, complete killers. One of them is, you know, kind of an unbalanced killer. (laughs) And then the weird Saint Walker. Yeah, Saint Walker, who, he's he's oddly fine with everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You mentioned already the whole uh, Krona kind of being responsible for discovering everything from... uh, from the science cells to how to trap a, a battery, uh, how to trap a battery, how to trap an entity in a battery, how to build a science cell, the the alternate dimension to store personal power batteries in. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like over in Flash when you find out that like like everything bad in Barry Allen's life was done by Professor Zoom time traveling. It's like. <laughs> Like that time you lost your favorite baseball in the field, that was me. 
<laughs> the time you got a splinter? <laughs> well, that wasn't me. But I laughed anyway. Man. Okay, so first page. Like, I, I, I thought that it was Necron, like, before he had been turned into a skeleton. But what do you think the, the silhouetted character is? I don't know. I... I feel like it's gonna, like, we should be thinking about it along the same lines as the Krona reveal, like, like they, they wouldn't silhouette, uh, they wouldn't silhouette it out if it wasn't somebody we would be able to look at and recognize, or at least conceptually recognize, like, like, if it's going to be, like, another Guardian or something, they wouldn't, like, they know we'd see Blueskin and think, oh, it's a Guardian, and if if it's going to be Necron, they'll know we'll recognize Necron, so they want to keep that under wraps. Um, oh, wait a second. What if it's the the black entity? Maybe. Well, because, like, you know, whatever it is, you have it in the past, and then in a flashback as Hal is waking up, you know, you see it again. Hmm. So, and in that one... You have all the the guardians as they are now with Gambit as a Green Lantern, you know, talking to him, and he's speaking. Well, he's speaking with a green text bubble. So I mean, you know that that right there does take some weight out of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like he's in cloaks or something like that. Kind of. I mean, it's it's easy to point to the idea that um uh the whole Necron wearing kind of the remnants of chains and stuff like, like, like Black Hand has on. So, yeah. Like, I mean, part of me is expecting to get a time travel story where they, where Black Hand ends up in the past and becomes Necron or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's going to be like the Corona reveal where whatever we think we're going to end up thinking too hard and it's going to be like the obvious choice. Well, I mean, we have to think of it along the lines of what, like, what what person or entity or anything could teach Guardians about the nature of the entities? Like, wh who could possibly know anything about the nature of the entities unless it's, you know, I mean, it can't really be a Guardian because, you know, you have these, these two, Ganthet and Krona, who are probably the most advanced of all the Guardians. Hmm. You know, like, that's the impression that I'm getting, especially with Cronus saying how he invented everything. You know, they're the most advanced. They have all the knowledge. So, you know, it's probably not going to be one of their, um, not one, one of their, you know, co-Guardians co or whatever. Yeah, you have the chains going on to them exactly in the places that they did for Necron. So, like, you know, it's either... I, well, I, I was thinking it's either going to be Necron, and they had captured him, and, you know, to find out, you know, what's going on. And maybe when they banished Krona... Uh, not Krona. When they banished Necron in The Blackest Night, you know, they somehow gained access to chain him up again or if it's the black entity they had it chained up then and black hand was able to you know access it 
but after he came back to life, they gained they controlled it again or something like that. Watch this like the anti monitor or something. <laughs> yeah, well the only, the other options that I was thinking of are uh, maybe it's uh, like the human version of like the Starheart or something. Hmm. I don't know. It's it makes me wonder how big of a tell that green tinted word bubble bubble is supposed to be. You know. Yeah. Maybe it's destiny. <laughs> oh, the with the book and yeah. Because I think he's he's at the beginning and the end of time. Oh, that just sounds awful for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's as long as we're like kind of on that page where Hal has that uh, that coma vision or whatever. Yes. Towards the end there, when they said, and "This is probably just me thinking too hard or too outside the box here." Uh, when Krona says, "You know, ultimately, once you fly too high, the Guardians will cast you down." You survived the Guardian's first attempt, but will you another? When he said, when they say you survived the Guardian's first attempt, it shows a picture of Hal possessed by Parallax. Like when they present that that way, it almost reads like the Guardians infected him on purpose. Huh. Like in my am I oh, am I seeing something that's not there or? Because, like, what Krona's talking about here is, like, like how Krona used to... He considered himself the Guardian's greatest hero, and Hal Jordan was that himself for a time, but, you know, just like the Guardians turned on Krona and and betrayed him, they they also tried to betray you, and he, they made you Parallax. Well, it, does, it definitely does seem like that's what he's implying. So, but I mean, like, for one thing... We don't know how much we can trust Krona. Yeah, he's clearly insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, if when that when that that series first started, and you know, Hal Jordan got the the Gray Temples, and you know he was drinking and whatnot, and you know all of his problems, then I guess maybe the Guardians were starting to try and break him down so that they didn't have, like, any one, like, standout Korsman that could end up taking everybody else down? Maybe. Like, maybe it was, a uh, Like, maybe this was a reaction to not wanting another Sinestro or something, but... Right. Like, do you think they would allow... Like, if they knew Parallax was reaching out and and, like, affecting the core because if they knew what parallax was doing to hal jordan directly they must have known well no we i've heard they did know that's why the the yellow weakness existed so like what, what would they allow that because that's basically allowing like your prisoner to start to reach outside of his cage unless parallax was already reaching outside of his cage and they saw Hal Jordan as, like, a patsy to take on Parallax so that they wouldn't have to. Hmm. Maybe. Oh. Well, because, I mean, you know, now we're finding out that Krona is the one that captured the entity. You know? He, oh, so, they, he's, so, like, maybe they don't even know how to put him back in the box. Yeah, well, yeah, either that or 
they got tired of, you know, like having their, you know, their green battery infected with this entity and they wanted it out. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, we've got this Hal Jordan who thinks he can do anything. Maybe if we infect him with, uh, you know, if we pawn off this parallax entity, then we kill two birds with one stone. We get rid of parallax and we've, you know, gotten rid of our, you know, potential new Sinestro. Yeah. And it would improve the core overall because now they wouldn't be weak against yellow anymore. Right. Huh. I like that. You know, looking at this page where his ring starts to drain, I thought that was a cool little tie to what's been going on in Emerald Warriors, because like, that's, that's why Guy's out in space, because Krona's been doing... He's basically doing to Hal right here an accelerated version of what he's been doing to the entire core for a while. Yeah. I like how, you know, in a couple of places it's like, you know, let's do this, we're the good guys, we always win. <laughs> It's like, no, no, not even close. Yeah, then Hector Hammond takes them out from, like, light years away. That's awesome. He he wasn't right there? I, no, I don't think so. I think he was. I, wait, where is it? Because, I mean, like, Ophidian clearly has not been present for, at all up till now. Because they, they show him in a lot of these scenes. Yeah, I mean, the first time he shows up is, uh... Oh, well, yeah, the, the page. they're definitely all together, because uh, Larflees can track them because he's with Hector Hammond. It, well, wait a second, what is, let me see what it says in the back there, because I took it... Well, they say that he's tracking, he's tracking Hector Hammond. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you have, uh, let's see, the last scene with uh, Hector Hammond, it looks like he's there... Yeah, I thought, like, like, like I'm still kind of holding on to the idea that Hammond's heading for Zamoron. Because he's, every single time he shows up, he's screaming about Carol and seeing mental images of Carol. And that's also where the Predator is. So, I, I, I think he's heading for Carol. And, you know, whether Corona's with him yet or not, he's going to end up going there too because he wants the Predator. So I felt like what we were seeing here was just, like, a mental projection. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's actually there. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so how about the uh, the scene where Ophidian comes in, and he's, like, rifling all through, through all their memories? Mm-hmm. You got Larflees with, I don't know, his family. You have St. Walker with his family. Atrocitus with his family. Hal Jordan, he's picturing uh, Carol... And Indigo One is picturing Abin Sir. I don't think it's going to be his like biological daughter. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think so either. I still think they're probably going to go with the whole like he found like if she's the baby from Tigers, like he probably raised her. Oh, uh, like an adopted daughter. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. Her adoptive father slash cult leader. <laughs> She should, <laughs> she should uh, sit down with Sodom yet, compare notes, start a super religion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, let's let's play the let's look at the big question here. The uh, the one flash forward panel to presumably after the War of the Green Lanterns, where uh, Ganthet's saying to whoever that dude in the shadow is, 
Hal Jordan was once the greatest Green Lantern, but in the wake of this war, he is now the most dangerous. More dangerous than ever with the loss of one of the Lanterns of Sector 2814. Right. Who's going to bite it? Who do you think? <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't, doesn't say that somebody's going to die. Hmm. It just says that it's the loss of one of the, le- the Lanterns of Sector 2814. So do you think this might be like more of a tie into that whole uh, a Green Lantern might join the Sinestro Corps? Yeah. Piece? Well, yeah, I, I think it kind of has to be. I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna kill off any of the Earth Lanterns. Yeah, I guess not. If they were, though, <laughs> who do you think it would be? Or Seth? yeah, well, who do I think it's gonna be? Or more importantly, who do I think you know would go to become another Lantern? Okay, both, because I, th- I think they're two very different questions. Well, I think right now, if you're going to kill anybody off, it's going to either be uh, Kyle or John. Agreed. Although, it won't be Kyle. Because they just did that, and they're not going to do it again. Because, <laughs> I mean, alright, you're not going to kill off Hal Jordan, because he's the main guy. Right. You're not going to kill off Guy Gardner, because he's the star of his own book. You, you're not going to kill Kyle again because you just killed him and took that back over the course of one month, like less than a year ago. And John Stewart's never died, so he's he's next in line. <laughs> That's true, actually. All of the other ones have died. Yeah. Well, did Guy die? He was in hell. So, oh, that's true. So I have to assume <laughs> that somewhere I, he died. Our world's at war, I think. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to get a yellow ring well I mean well before we go to that like just because they killed Kyle off Mm. I don't I wouldn't completely put it past them to try again yeah it would be too soon no (laughs) but that means nobody is expecting it you know, it's like everybody thinks like, ah, oh, well, they tried to kill him off, you know, a year ago. So then they're definitely not going to do that again. <laughs> and like, you know, we saw how much that set off Guy before, you know, to have it happen again this soon afterwards. You know, that that's that's going to have a, an interesting effect on him for sure. But yeah, I, I don't think that they're necessarily going to kill him off right now. I think it's basically going to be somebody goes to a different core. And with that, I mean, I think you have Guy could easily switch over to Red right now. Mm-hmm. I think with the Sinestro Corps, because I, I mean, I think what they're gearing up for is one of one of them is going to go to the Sinestro Corps. So that leaves us with either Kyle or John Stewart, right? Mm, I think it's going to be Hal. Really? I think Hal is the one that makes the most sense. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I mean, even this, this issue, actually every issue <laughs> of every DC comic this month ends with the Guardians talking about how, how Hal Jordan is so dangerous because he's so unstable. He's... You know, <laughs> He's, he's pretty much had, like, a chance to take every other color ring for a spin, except for, like, one 
totally botched attempt to use a fistful of yellow rings. And plus, we got that promotion or that uh, that unfinished cover of the uh, the mystery former Green Lantern blanked out. Right. And like, like the look of satisfaction on Sinestro's face. Well, really, it could be any of the Earth Lanterns other than Guy, and he would feel that. I don't think he really cares about Guy Gardner too much. You think he cares about Jon Stewart? <laughs> I don't think he cares about Jon Stewart a lot. But the fact that Jon Stewart was an Earth Green Lantern and an ally to Hal, he would he would be smug about that. But really, like the thing that I kind of feel that they might be setting everything up for is for Kyle to join the Sinestro Corps. I mean, he he has he's technically been a member before, I guess. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, with the the parallax thing but i think like if you think about it like okay sinestro hates him but the fact of the matter is like you know you know he may he may never admit it but i'm sure that he has like at least a little bit of respect for the fact that he like you know he went at sinestro you know using bare hands like you know even if he had no chance of winning the fact of the matter is he did that. So, also, as much as he hates Kyle Rayner, you know, he doesn't want Kyle Rayner to be with his daughter at all. So what's the best way to, you know, to completely annihilate Kyle's chances with, with uh, Ceranic? Kill him? No. No, that's Cor- pretty good. <laughs> corrupt him. <laughs> No, because if he kills him, then Saranic hates her father even more, and she'll have like a, a you know a forever burning, dying love for Kyle Rayner. So you definitely don't want to kill him, but you induct him into the Sinestro Corps, and Sinestro can corrupt him. And not to mention, Saranic's not going to want to have anything to do with him because he's siding with the father that mm-hmm. she hates so much. I mean, like, I, I think if if uh, Sinestro can can corrupt Kyle and bring him to the Sinestro Corps, that would make him like as smug as if he was able to get Hal Jordan. Yeah, but at the same time, he wants his daughter to eventually come around to his side of things. I mean, he... So once that happens, all of a sudden, like, Kyle's doesn't look that bad for joining up anymore. Not necessarily, because, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, okay, my father may be right, but you turned your back on me, and you sided with him, you know, back then. Hmm. You know? Or, you know, like, he'll, you know, Sinestro will have that much of a head start to corrupting Kyle. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I mean, this issue just kind of it really reinforced that that ever since Blackest Night ended, Hal Jordan has been taking a pretty dark turn. You know, he's excuse me. You know, he's been going at this all day and night, every day and night. He's been he's been like making alliances with just the kind of people he otherwise would have been fighting like hell to keep off the streets 
I I would not rule him out. Yeah, no, you definitely make a good argument for, you know, as far as uh, Hal Jordan is most certainly causing fear in, in some people right now. What about the, what about the, uh, that little backup thing that we didn't really touch on? What, as far as him with, uh, Superman, Batman, and Flash? No, no, after that, with the, the Ganthet, Krona, the whole Guardians thing. Oh, well that's, isn't that like the, that's the preview of the, um, something. Oh, is that a preview? Yeah, Green Lantern, wait Actually, I think it's a preview of Green Lantern 63. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like the first couple of pages. Oh, okay, I didn't even see that. Alright, never mind that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I guess... Well, first, let's talk about, yeah, the Batman, Flash, and Superman. Um, I mean, aside from some coloring problems with Hal's bruises, mm-hmm. it's like, in some panels he has bruises, and in some they're completely gone. <laughs> yeah. All Batman has to do is look at you, and you'll get hurt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that they throw this this in here. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, what's going on? And he's like, hey, I'm out of here. But, I mean, overall, it's just kind of like, you know, just reinforces how Hal Jordan is not so much like an Earth hero now. He's way more of a cosmic hero. Yeah. It got kind of a a drugs feel to the whole thing when when uh Superman's like, "Hal, when was the last time you took that ring off?" Like <laughs> like when was the last time you went without one? <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that Hal charges up his ring and then leaves his battery. Yeah. Well, yeah, St. Walker. Well, I, I, has that really been working lately? Uh, I don't, well, in Emerald Warriors, it's kept him at at least 99%, so. <laughs> that's, that's, ba- full is basically better than nothing, I guess. Uh, now, on the forums, Chad seems to think that this is, like, a big deal. With the Guardians, with the White Lantern symbols. Yeah, I, that's the first thing, like, when I read that first page... I was like, holy shit, they're, they're wielding white energy and wearing the white lantern emblem. That, that is cr- Like, you were looking at the, the silhouetted guy, and yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> to that. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess it just kind of makes sense to me. More than anything else. Like, okay, so we know that they're the ones that wanted to protect the entity and they, you know, store it in earth so that nobody else can, you know, find it. So, I mean, you know, it kind of makes sense that they would be, you know, followers of the white light, but I don't know. I mean, you think there's more to it? I don't know. I mean, up till now, I've always just assumed that, that, you know, okay, they've been aware that the emotional spectrum exists, but, that that embracing green was kind of their first stop, you know? Mm. And, like, the fact that it wasn't just kind of, like, it it, 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 wets, it wets your whistle to 
how much you don't actually know about the Guardian's story. It's true, yeah. And I, I wonder if, like, by becoming Guardians, you know, the, the shriveled up little creatures that they are, did they lose the ability to harness and control the white light? I think it's just, it's so interesting. The fact, like, these, the two middle panels on page one are basically absolutely everything we know about Krona's origin. It's like, yeah. it's like everything that's not in those two boxes is completely up for grabs. Yeah. Well, I think it, it seems to be that, uh, what do you call it, um, at this point, anyway, Ganthet's tale is no longer being considered in continuity. That's cool. I still haven't read that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little sad. I mean, maybe maybe they'll do something to, you know, rework it into continuity, but we'll see. They've got the entire length of the existence of the universe to fit it in. <laughs> That's true. So, Green Lantern Core 57? <laughs> Green Lantern Corps number 57. This is written by Tony Bedard, drawn by Tyler Kirkham, inked by... inked by a bat, apparently, and... <laughs> and colored by one Miss Nay Rafino, who, oh. you know, I like I like to think we've, we've taken this long, rough journey with her. <laughs> um, Alright, so... This is this is the long-awaited ending of the Weaponer story arc. Well, is is this the ending or is this the beginning of the next story arc? No, it's it, page one says the Weaponer conclusion. Wow. Why did you think this was the beginning of the next arc? Well, because the writing is like a jumping-on point. Well, I mean, you know, I guess it, it it's like it aims to be a jumping-on point. Like this is the first issue of a storyline. Well, I mean, at the very end, it even says, next, War of the Green Lanterns. So they're they're starting that up next month. Um, Alright, so, so I mean, this, it's, there's not a lot to this. It's, it's basically the, the, the Honor Guard are leading the Thunderers against Sinestro. They're shooting at him, and Sinestro's shooting at them, and the Sinestro Corps is shooting at everybody. The Weaponer you know, he saves some thunderers, so they love him now, and and then Sinestro decides to to recruit the Weaponer into his core, and he says, okay, that sounds a cool idea. And then they all just kind of go home. That's that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, this... I mean, serious, this issue is one big collection of characters turning on a dime. I mean, Natu's mad at Kyle now. Sinestro doesn't care about Natu, and then he's willing to exterminate a population to save her. The Thunderers hate the Weaponer, then they love the Weaponer, then they hate the Weaponer again. You know, Sinestro thinks the Weaponer is pathetic and wants him dead, then all of a sudden wants him to join his core. The biggest one, the one I could... I had to, like, reread a scene because of this. The Weaponer, okay, whose whole motivation has been that his... His hatred of Sinestro and his regret for ever forging that first yellow ring in the first place. A hatred, okay? That's, <laughs> that's been building and boiling within him every moment of every day since his exile started. 
an exile that took so long that he was able to reinforce the individual molecules of his castle somehow. <laughs> he takes, like, five seconds to think about it, and then joins Sinestro's army. What the hell? <laughs> and then everybody just goes home. Not, not even the, I'm not even mentioning that that bullshit truce is still in effect. And I pers- I cannot wait for someone to break that damn thing so we don't have to pretend like it makes a damn bit of sense. Yep. And, can, and can you explain to me why Firestorm is in this book? Like, I get it's a, <laughs> it's a Bryce Day tie-in, but he doesn't do anything. He shows up on Quartz, says, hey, this planet's weird. Oh, hey, there's a there's some Green Lanterns. Let's see what's going on. And then he sees a net and he goes away. He, he wanders off. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> over. It's like, I didn't take part in any truce, so I can fight. But he doesn't, and he just leaves. Yeah, like, you expect him to actually, like, do something, or shoot... Like, he, he shoots one guy when he shows up, and that's the extent. Like, yeah. Like, he's, like, on this cover, where he's standing there, with just kind of waving his arms in the air, he's doing as much on this cover <laughs> as he does in the issue. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man with the, fl- the flaming hat. He's not even fighting. He's just doing, like, he's, like, pantomiming. He's be- he's doing his impression of one of those guys that paints himself silver and pretends to be a robot in the middle of the city. No, can't you see? He's stuck in an invisible box. Oh, that's true. God. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, Firestorm fires off, like, energy bolts at, like, two... Two creature was Sinestro Corps members. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's like, Kyle, what's going on? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we can't do it. It's like, you're right, that does sound nuts, and I'd never agree to any truce. And he's like, he's all fired up, like he's about to just, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, reading this page. It's like, I never agreed to any truce. I was literally thinking, like, he's going to, like, turn rings into, like, jelly or... You know, he's going to create, like, some kind of barrier around the Sinestro Corps members, or is he just going to be shooting bolts of energy at him? And after this, you know, double-page ad, we cl- we go to the next page, and, uh, well, Firestorm's not here at all? What? It's like, oh, wait, it's like, then he he says, uh, oh, no. It's like, it's like, oh, shucks, that guy with the hammer, he's got the white energy we sensed. Then where's the lantern? Where's my dad? That's it. Yeah, guess it won't help them after all. Like, like it's, it was fire throwing Firestorm in here at the very end is like kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Because, because on the one hand, like it would, it's the perfect out to to deal with this Nestro core somewhat and not have the truce be broken. Bullshit yeah. truce. But at the same time, it's like it's one of those cheats that we always complain about. Where like. Like, they spent, like, five issues struggling with how to fight the Sinestro Corps, and then somebody else just comes along and does it for them at the last minute. It was like, that would be crappy, too. Uh, it would have made more sense to me, because Firestorm is, you know, pretty damn powerful. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but it would still be kind of like a cheat. Like, like you've been reading the story wanting to see how the heroes get out of it, and then they don't. Somebody else swoops in and does it for them, and then leaves. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> at the very end, so Firestorm's, I gotta bounce. Deathstorm is somewhere on this planet, and the clock is ticking. His dialogue, like, basically everything that he says is just 
horrendous. Yeah. And as he flies off, John Stewart's just like, um, shouldn't we help him? And they're like, <laughs> no, we have far worse things to do. Yeah. Now, I haven't been keeping up with Blackest Night. Or, no, what's that other one? Brightest, Brightest Day. Yeah, that one. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with Brightest Day. Why is Firestorm on Quard, and why does he think he destroyed the universe? Okay. Um, what happened was he was told that, you know, if, uh, if Jason and Ronnie, like, got really angry, that could set off, like, an explosion that would recreate the Big Bang. Uh, apparently the spark, the matrix that powers and creates Firestorm, it's, it, it is the, the remnant of the Big Bang. Mm. That's, that's the, the, the formula right there. So, all of a sudden, there's the creation of Deathstorm, which is the Black Lantern Firestorm. Yeah. He gets Jason's father and Ronnie's, you know, the, the professor that's always teamed up with Ronnie. Uh, and he absorbs them into him. And then he, you know, kind of runs off with the White Lantern battery that he's corrupted and is now, like, black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, heads off to parts unknown. And somehow that, you know whatever, something happens or whatever like that, and the two guys, they explode, basically. And they think that they've destroyed the universe because when after they explode, there's nothing but blackness. And then it turns out that all that blackness was actually the fact that they're in the antimatter universe, and they were completely surrounded by shadow demons. Oh. Huh. So, yeah. So, like, they start shooting bolts off, and they, you know, the bodies are moving. So it's like, hey, wait a second, we're, you know, we're not in empty blackness, there's actually something here, and, you know, turns out they're in the, the antimatter universe, and they can see Quard. Hmm. So it's like, well, you know, let's head that way and, you know, see what we can see. And that's basically the last we've seen of them in Brightest Day. Yeah, this, that's... That first two pages is a pretty crappy attempt to entice somebody to read Bryce Day. Yeah, well, like, the way I saw it, like, I, I'm, I'm reading this, and, well, first off, it's got the Brightest Day banner on top. Oh, that's true. Which means that, you know, and they haven't had that on here for a while. So that, that means they said, oh, let's slap the Brightest Day banner on this book, because maybe if anybody's looking for Firestorm stories... They'll read this, and I think that's the only reason why Firestorm is in this book, because he contributes absolutely nothing, and this issue contributes nothing to the Firestorm story. So I think they said, oh, let's throw the, we'll throw the thing on the, t- on the cover, and we'll throw Firestorm in the book, you know, to make a slight appearance, and maybe that will get some Firestorm fans to want to check out Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. We start, you know, and like you start off with, you know, okay, if somebody hasn't been reading Brightest Day and they've been reading Green Lantern, then they're, you know, slightly caught up in, like, a, a really poorly written way to the Firestorm situation right now to the point that, okay, well, this is where he is now. And I guess if you were reading Brightest Day and you came into this, it'd be like, yeah, okay, I know all that stuff. Now what? You know, and he goes from there. 
That's why I thought that this was a jumping on issue because it's written like so introductory. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's why that's what makes it even worse. Is this is going to be like the last issue of a trade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this could actually be the last issue in, in a collection. <laughs> yeah. For what it is. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shifting shifting gears slightly. What do you think like cuz the the narration this time around is from Ceranic. Like, do you think this is them setting up, like, a rift between her and Kyle? Possibly going towards what you're theorizing about him joining her father's core? Or, or otherwise, e- either way, do you think they're going to split them up? I wouldn't be terribly sad if they did that. Yeah. It, de- it definitely does seem like they're they're playing on the rift. You know, especially how, like, she just keeps harping on the fact, you know, that Kyle went to go get, you know, Sinestro to save her. It's like, you know, it's like all these people are going to get killed all because Kyle was a pansy. You know? Yeah. That's basically what she's saying every single time. I mean, I feel like I've said this about his, like, his uh, brotherly relationship with Guy Gardner, too, but... I just, I don't really believe their relationship. Like, and I I think it might be just because we don't really see anything. I mean, like, every other girlfriend Kyle's had, whether it be, whether it be Alex or Donna or Jade, there's always, like, like, you you get to see them just as people, you know? Like, yeah, like they're, yeah they do the superhero thing. But there, there's also times where they just hang out in each other's apartments, where they just, you know, they go for a walk in a park or something. They, they, <clears throat> they hang out wearing normal clothing, you know, it, or they have conversations about everyday stuff. Which, you know, yeah, she, yes, her accent alien, but you know, you spend enough time with somebody, there's going to be everyday stuff for you to talk about. With these two, like in this book, they're Green Lanterns 24/7. They're on the job 24/7. I don't think. I I can only, off the top of my head, I can think of maybe one instance since the character's creation where we've seen Serac Natu wear something that's not her Green Lantern uniform or surgical scrubs. And I don't think Kyle's worn regular clothing since, like, before the Sinestro War. Or, or maybe right after it, when he was trying to decide what to do, what to go out into space or whatever. I, but it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... He's probably shown up in regular clothes at some point. Not in this book. <laughs> Not, what, what about during, like, just before Bright, uh, Blackest Night started? Like, you know, Hero Day or whatever. I, 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 you know, I could imagine, like, you know, he was talking to Guy in, like, the bar or something like that without costumes. I don't think so. I mean, if somebody out there remembers something, let us know. But I, just, I really don't think so. It just, I, I feel like we know that they're together... Because they tell us every, they they keep saying. By the way, we work together, and we we know that they're supposed to love each other because they they say I love. That's Serenic. I love her. It's it's very like, like. Well, don't I mean don't tell us. Show yeah, us. Yeah, you know? like think think about it. Like the creation of the relationship was forced. Yeah, and I still say that this whole relationship is built on a lie anyway. Because the whole all that crap would like. Like, Kyle, like, they looked into Miri's 
tiara or whatever that shows you the image of your true love and and i forget who she might have saw him i don't remember but he saw jade but said oh yeah no i saw you like <laughs> yeah. well i mean on top of that like realistically it shouldn't have been jade yeah it should have been alex yeah, yeah, yeah probably i i mean yeah that 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 does frustrate me i mean like alex he had a really great relationship with and you know the only reason that ended was because she was killed yeah um but she's if you want to go because he's for a long time he was basically dc's spider-man so like alex is his gwen stacy you know He's she was his first real relationship, and she got killed because of his superhero identity. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you had Donna, who, you know, they had a good run, but she just completely walked away because you know she has like, I don't know, a million other relationships that are more important to her or something like that. Well, it. it... Because, like, DC kept screwing around with her character, and, like, she lost her memory and got her personality rebooted a couple times and didn't <laughs> even know who Kyle was. And, and like, I, like she was a regular fixture of his book until, like, I think her ex and their son got killed in a car crash. And then she was just kind of gone. Yeah. And then Jade, you know, decided to go back to Earth and, you know, ends up cheating on him. So... I don't understand how, you know, like, okay, so late, later on they meet up in Infinite Crisis. And, like, you know, seriously, like, tell me that's not an awkward moment. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, you. That should be exactly how their first meeting after her uh, resurrection went, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and she, because she gives him the ion powers which he was able to keep for all of, like, 12 minutes. <laughs> uh, I don't... <laughs> you know, it's like, she's my main love. God. She, she's the one that's still breathing and not crazy. <laughs> so, I almost wish that, uh, um, that 12-issue, that 12-issue Ion series had, had gone a little better, because I really thought early on that, uh, because <clears throat> Ron Mars had introduced, like, two new female supporting characters... And I really yeah. thought he was going to try and push for, like, like a love triangle thing, but they just end up never being mentioned again. <laughs> yeah. Within that series, because it just went all over the goddamn place. Yeah. Yeah, that was... That, that entire series was, like, editorially, editorially mandated, like, every two issues, basically. Yeah. Well, anyway. What I really want is, like, for the... I, just, I can't even. I can't even go into it anymore. It's just so so weird. Yeah. But yeah, basically, yeah, they're. It looks like they're trying to split them up. Yay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, like the fact that the the weaponer becomes a member of the Sinestro Corps, and he, he says, "Better to serve in heaven than rule in hell." Yeah, that line doesn't fit at all, does it? No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, wait, so heaven is is with Sinestro, and hell is, huh? <laughs> hell is the place where everybody just accepted you back again. I mean, that's one of those where, like, he probably had it in his head 
that that would sound cool, but then like thought about it, like, oh, what if I what if I switch heaven and hell? Better to serve in, in hell, hell than, than rule in heaven. Heaven, but that doesn't make any sense. Oh, I'll go with the right way. Maybe people will go, oh, look at that badass shot of him as a, a member of the Sinestro Corps, which is a nice image, but still. It's... Yes, but it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, no. It's like, it's bonkers. It's like, well, um, I hated you for so long, but i totally love to join your club. Yeah, on top of that, God, it's so stupid. Where the, where the, where the fuck did the white net go? Yeah, I just noticed that. It's not on his shield anymore when he puts that ring on. Yeah. Maybe. Where the fuck did that go? I honestly, I hope it just goes away. I I hope they just don't even talk about it anymore. That's horrible. And you know, not for nothing, but how is it that freaking now every single ring can access the anti-monitor universe? Like all you have to do is create a swirling whirlpool of energy, and it's done. I thought they could. I mean, I, you know. I, I could I could see maybe the Sinestro Corps members, but even then it's like you know the the ring like transports you and like kind of turns you inside out as it does it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean like like the the Sinestro Corps like Quard was their home base for a for a while. So like every time they came and went, they were going between universes. So like their rings definitely can do it. I mean, I. It doesn't gel with, like, just making a portal, but, like, individually, they can do it. Yeah. I assume the Green Lanterns could, too, because they've been there before. Yeah, well, I, I feel like it, it shouldn't be anywhere near as easy as as they are doing it. Wait, you know what I was thinking about? Because, like, I had accepted the idea of... Because this is the antimatter universe, right? So right. everything's made of antimatter, right? Right. Which means that if you're someone from this universe and you're made of regular matter, you touch anyone or anything in this antimatter universe, every like the universe will explode basically. So, so I'm like, oh well, okay, whatever. I can accept that as you know, the, everyone here is wearing power rings, so it doesn't matter. You know, it's the the rings are you know they're set up, they're they're protecting them, whatever. It's keeping it all good. Except but like, considering that they're all like. Like, John Stewart is now wearing Quardian armor. Yeah. Well, even still, you know, you could say, like, his his ring aura, whatever. It's... it's a, but Saranic didn't... Does she even have her ring? I don't even remember. Yeah, I think so. Oh, they gave... Oh. Yeah, actually, I don't remember. Yeah. So, it's like, she sh- really should have exploded as long as he, as soon as he took that ring from her. <laughs> well, I know, like, one of the one of the explanations that they've given in the past is, like... Whenever a Green Lantern goes to the antimatter universe, like they get sprayed with like some kind of treatment or something like that, so that they don't go all explodey when they come in contact with anything. God, they hit you with some antimatter Febreze, and you're all good. Uh, second page. What the hell is like with the art on on Firestorm in the center? Where he's landing. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, his torso is, like, enormous. It's a tiny little head and tiny little arms. <laughs> I don't know. I can... I, like, overall, I overall I really do like the art. But I feel in this issue, there were a couple of, like, weak, weak points. He looks like one of the new gods. 
In that, that big headshot at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well. What do you think this Nestor Corps does when they're not fighting Green Lanterns? Because, like, apparently they were just kind of off roaming around until the middle of this book. And I mean, like, like when the Green Lantern Corps isn't fighting Sinestro Corps members, they're off being cops and stuff. But so far, all we've really seen, like, the Sinestro Corps members do is just kind of hang out. Hang off, yeah, just sit around on Corridor. <laughs> like, do they just roam around mugging people and shoot down spaceships or something? Like, what, what do they even do? It's like... <laughs> Yeah, I think they go around instilling fear in people. Kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, maybe they're like the universe's bullies. <laughs> Give us your lunch money. Like I quit a terrorist for this, Jesus. Well, I guess I can fly. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Emerald Warriors number seven. All right. Before we dive into Emerald Warriors seven, we have a voicemail for Emerald Warrior six. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Hi, yeah, Paul Morado. I was calling about, uh, I guess, the episode 81 and the review for Emerald Warrior 6. There's a couple of points that I thought that we could they could have mentioned more. Is One, when Sodom Yat sees all of the floating caskets and they're being, um, they're being assaulted by those space wolves of some kind, uh, a lot of blood. A lot of blood, and it just it struck me that you know he was these coffins were in the area, and how they identified him, noticing that obviously you know they they refer back to Krona and what's going on with him, and uh it just seems strange that like I guess he already was acting like he he was under he he was under mind control, so it kind of leads you to believe that he's gonna show up somewhere. And I'm just wondering why there was no reference made to the fight here between uh, um, between Guy, because like one of the one of the biggest things about it is I guess all those snakes and and the key thing is how they almost like giant leeches, and I think that that's an interesting point as far as how it they're sapping his power and what it leads to as far as um, what for the next issue. But it was really disturbing, really good art. I thought it should deserve at least a kudo on that. Um, look forward to hearing the next issue, but wanted to address the snakes. Have a good day. Oh. Okay. You wanna you wanna take this one, Dan? Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Really follow, like I, I think he, he's getting at that. Well, he said he he said like I have a correlation between like like the snakes being like leeches and and uh, while Cro so it, it basically Cardor <laughs> is is a uh, leeching off their minds with these giant leech like snakes while Krona is leeching off their power with Ion. And now, like, like you know, who knows how long Sodom Yat's been under control like this? Right. Well, I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, thanks, Paul, for that voicemail. Fix it, James. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah, I guess. I guess the biggest problem that I have is that trying to remember what happened in issue six. 
Okay, so Green Lantern, Emerald Warriors, number seven. Uh, prelude to War of the Green Lanterns. Um, starts off with Guy Gardner fighting Sodom Yat, who is being not completely mind-controlled by Cardor, but, uh, you know, just enough so that he thinks that Guy is a guardian. And, uh, you know, he's zapping him with his... Was it, is it laser vision? Uh, it's it's or gre- green green laser vision. Yeah, it's green energy this time around. Yeah, that's oh, I understand. Okay, um, and uh, you know, guy once again is trying to fight back against Cardor. Listen, we know that he's Zardor, but we just like calling him Cardor better. If even one person legitimately thinks that this character's name is Cardor, we will have done our job. <laughs> well, we, we find out, we get the revelation that Sodom Yat has uh, actually been under the influence of Krona ever since Krona pulled him out of the sun and gave him a brand new ring like with a special purpose to help drain the rings of all the other cores, so Dan was completely right on that one. Um, because of the fact that Sodom Yat, his body, after holding the ion entity for so long, it like can now store, you know, willpower energy. It has, uh, I guess, kind of like a battery himself. Yeah, his his insides are very receptive to the energy now because it's just used to it. Right. So that's probably why his uh, his heat vision is coming out green. Yeah. But, uh... How, wait a second. How does... Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, um, since Cardor realizes that, you know, he's under this influence, he now sets to work to getting rid of Krona's influence so he can take over him, you know, completely. And, you know, he, he goes back to trying to you know, wipe out Guy Gardner, having a giant snake eat him. <laughs> Guy, you know, it, it ain't working. So he finally gets swallowed up. So he's getting swallowed up. Sodom Yad has got a snake rolling through his brain to break the Krona influence. And uh, Cardor decides, you know what? I think it's time to activate my telepathic battery mind universe, see everything system. And, uh, you know, it, it starts working, like, tons and tons of telepaths, all their energy is, you know, being focused into Cardor, so that he can just be anywhere in the universe at once and see anything. And Guy, you know, he's in the belly of a snake, so <laughs> he needs to get out. He, <laughs> he can't get out, so he aims the snake that he's in. At the other snake that ate Bleez. <laughs> <laughs> opens up the mouth just enough so that he can uh, get a nice up-close personal smooch from Bleez. Now Guy is, uh, you know, spewing red lantern vomit of, himself, of his own. They're able to uh, finally free themselves. And then they start getting to work freeing all the other telepaths that uh, have been, you know, kept under control there. You know, killing Zardor's, you know, 
whole ability to be everywhere and see everything. Um, <laughs> and then the guy goes after Cardor himself, and uh, he uses an ice cream scoop to pry the third eye out of his skull, and then he pushes the like the empty cavity in with his thumb. <laughs> that is so badass. I love that. Bleez is uh, trying to evacuate everybody in a giant burning blood bubble. <laughs> Look how freaked out they all are. She's just, like, terrorizing them until they get into it. Oh, um... <laughs> shut up and climb in. Something smells um, like burning blood. <laughs> as, uh... As Guy and Bleez are, you know, doing these things... The snake is finally worming its way out of Sodom Yat's head. So, you know, we, we kind of realize that Cardor is, is gaining his influence. He's almost there. Guy, you know, he's fighting with, uh, with Cardor. And Cardor pulls out his fire sword. And Guy connects to one of the souls that's in the sword. Uh, Alisan. Like, he knows this, this soul that got trapped in the sword. And, uh, he's about to get decapitated, actually, by that fire sword, and as Cardor says, he's going to join, you know, her in the sword. But that's when backup finally arrives, Kilowog comes in, smashing Cardor, Ariza comes in to, uh, help out Guy, and, uh, that's when the snake pops out of Sodom Yat's nose. <laughs> such a weird thing to have to say on the podcast. <laughs> oh, but but Guy scoops his eye out with an ice cream scoop. That's an <laughs> That's... awesome thing to have to say. <laughs> so, Kilowog is attacking Cardor with uh, projections of the lanterns that, you know, he he murdered. Um, Aresia is kind of snapping Guy back to normal from his red rage. And uh, then all of a sudden, Sodom Yad is just kind of like limp, carrying Bleas, surrounded by a whole bunch of bloody bodies. And uh, Kilowog's like, um, what, what did you do to all these people? And Sodom's like, uh, I can't control my body. You have to kill me now. Kilowog's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save you. Zap! with the fire bolts from his eyes. And that's it. He lost his opportunity. So, now, Sodom Yat is, you know, he's flying off with Bleez in tow. Uh, Cardor is, is coming too. Guy, you know, races off to to attack them, and he he's trying to focus a kill shot on Sodom Yat. I, I don't know how that's going to work out for him. But, <laughs> He, he can't do it because uh, in comes flying from the rear, Aresia, knocking his uh, his you know shot off uh, off kilter, and uh, you know all the bad guys escape. Well, you know Cardor and the two people that he's controlling, I guess. And uh, Aresia's like, "Yeah, I won't let you kill it, kill him. I'm going to save him. I'm going to fix him." And uh, guy, guy's just appreciative that they. Saved his ass. Now, it's like meant to look up this Elysian character, and I completely forgot. <laughs> and while you've been 
doing the summary, I've been poking around Google trying to figure out. Cause I don't know who this is. Yeah, I don't think anybody does yet. Because I, I actually did some research like when I got the issue. Do you think is this somebody? Uh, is this going to be like a new character or something? You think? Well, from the searches that I did, nobody's ever heard of Alison, which you would think that if it happened in a comic book there would have to be somebody that remembered it. Yeah. So, most likely it is a new character. Unless it's, you know, something tied to the Lost Lanterns from a while back. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, not the Lost Lanterns. The I'm talking about the, the Green Lantern corpse. Oh. Uh, I don't think so. Well, that'll be cool. Probably won't be. <clears throat> it, just, it seems like it's it's weird. Huh, I don't know. That's that's odd. To just throw in a new character like that? Yeah. Someone who apparently yeah. he has history with that no one knows and she's dead. <laughs> or something. And why did she be in hit that sword? Whatever, whatever, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, we'll see. Well, I, I, that's why I think it's going to have to do with the corpse. Hmm. We haven't heard, like, anything from them in so long. Yeah. I think they're waiting for, um, uh, whoever wrote that story. Because he, he said before, like, he definitely has more stories in mind for that concept, but they might, it might be like a, like how Marvel does with the Young Avengers, where they just won't do Young Avengers stories unless, like, this exact creative team is on board for it. I <laughs> mean, they're just, like, they're not going to touch the corpse until, like, what's-his-name comes back. That sucks. Yeah. Um, something that I was looking at. Well, yeah, the, uh, no, Sodom Yat's uh, the symbol, his new symbol. The person. Well, yeah. Well, it kind of looks like a person. What do you call it? Now we know that he's been under the influence of Krona. Yes. So that means that symbol has some kind of significance to Krona. Maybe. Nah, no. One second thought, no. <laughs> I, I think I think that has something to do with Krona. Because like, like, what what's what would be the point of that symbol? Like, like why would Sodomy I just say like, you know what, we need a new symbol, and here it is. Look, it's a stick figure, man. Well, he didn't. It, his his followers did. You know the they know he went into the sun, and. He was like what the last time we saw him before he jumped into the sun, he was basically like standing in that position, like with his his arms and legs outstretched. And when he came out of the sun and woke up, here's this cult that formed around him, and they're like, "Look, we this is our symbol. It's you in the sun because the circle is the sun." So he just went with them and adopted their their symbol of him. I really hate that symbol. You're you would get a T-shirt of it. Graffiti Designs makes it. You would so get it. I feel like that they either have already or will be making it, and <laughs> absolutely not. It's it's a stick figure. <laughs> I would really like some kind of justification for the stick figure. They have it. <laughs> it's exactly like, we read it in this book. You have your justification. I want, no, I want like I want a <clears throat> an extra meaning for it to justify it because it's a stick figure. Yeah. It's very mass-producible. Uh, 
they have to think about t-shirts, pendants, maybe some maybe some some odd rosaries. You know, they you got put you got to have something that can be made into magnets and bumper stickers. I mean, come on. So uh, you were completely right. Sodomy at this entire time has a very special power ring that drains energy from the other cores rings. Yes, it was it was nice of Cardor to play exposition fairy for two paragraphs in one panel to tell us <laughs> that. <laughs> it's one. It's like who's he even talking to? Come on, it's, you know, it's interesting. Like I actually completely bought it because he's talking to Guy, and it's almost as if he's doing like you know the classic uh, villain you know evil monologue. Yeah, because he knows that like you know it's like. Yep, in uh, just a couple of seconds, you'll be completely swallowed up. I mean, like, if you look at the art, like, everything in it shows how confident he is that, like, nothing bad is going to happen to him. That's true. Like, you know, you look at it, it's like, and I'll have complete control over him. He's just, like, you know, like, kneeling down. Like, he's got his, his finger over his mouth. It's like, yep, almost there. And then It's even, it's even like a James Bond like trap like he's gonna i'm gonna suspend you above this pool until this giant snake eats you and in the meantime i'll explain my plan yeah <laughs> so as he's he's pushing guy's fist in he's just got this look on it's like don't worry little fella pretty soon it'll all be over <laughs> uh, man yeah <laughs> that's great the only thing that i didn't love about this was aresia blocking you know, not knocking guys shot off course. Yeah, well, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that that was a little irritating. Oh, oh, the fire red kiss. <laughs> you didn't like I that? I love that. That was awesome. oh good. <laughs> kiss me, you red bitch. Yeah, that whole middle section, like that three pages right there, is the best in this issue. Or like, it just starts with like. Like, this cool visual of guy inside the snake that's trying to take him over. <laughs> which, which it's a, he flies a snake into another snake. <laughs> it's like, like I looked at the bottom of the first page, and I'm like, is he, like, are they going to have him, like, shoot out the snake? Like, because that wouldn't make any sense, because he can't use his ring. But I turn the page, and I'm like, oh, no, that's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's interesting, like, like, it's the opposite of what's going on with Sodom Yat right now. Like, like while Sodom Yat has a little snake inside of him trying to take him over, <laughs> Guy Gardner is inside a giant snake trying to take him over. And how about, like, you want to talk badass with... Like, this is just the issue where Guy hates eyes. Because, like, he punches his arms out of each of the snake's eyes. Oh, is like, that it's what's eyeball- happening there? Yeah, like, like the one ar- the arm on our right, it's, like, fully out of the eye socket. <laughs> And the like the other one like the other one is just kind of barely out but like he's he ripped his he punched out its eyeballs it's re- reaching his arms through the eye sockets and is prying the mouth open from the outside. God damn. It. Oh man, yeah, but but the ice cream scoop to pry out Cardor's eye. Those can you picture like when he and Hal Jordan fight soon? He's gonna be like. He's like, do you have any idea how many people's eyes I have ripped out in the last couple of days? Don't mess with me. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
<laughs> now, the one thing that I thought was a little kind of hazy, um, so I'm just assuming that Sodom Yat flew after Bleas, and that bubble that she was transporting everybody in mm. popped. Yeah, well, I took it, I assumed that, like, because while the whole fight is going on, we see Sodom yet, you know, he gets fully controlled because the snake leaves or whatever. And then you cut back to Bleeze for the first time, and, like, she's taken out, and the people she was helping, I assume that's them lying there dead. So I assumed, like, Sodom, you know, beat her up and killed them. Yeah. I don't know if it was with, like, trauma or heat vision or popping the bubble when they were too high up, but he killed them. <laughs> and then they go splat. Yeah. Yeah, this issue was badass. It was. I actually like it better now that we're talking about it. Because, like, I remember reading it at the time and thinking, like, well, this was kind of kind of light. <laughs> <clears throat> I And, you know, the kill shot, I kind of agree. But at the same time, I, I like the idea that... They have the option, and it's something that you would have to, like, you would have to do, like, a special step to be able to do it, you know? Like, yeah. Like, <clears throat> I, it, I think I said something similar to, uh, about, um, how I, uh, how Sodom Yat was trying to access the Ion Force in Emerald Eclipse, where it wasn't as simple as, okay, just point your, raise your, wave your hand and do it. <clears throat> you had to, like, like, get you and a guardian to both turn your key at the same time kind of thing, which it kind of reinforced how, like, what a big deal and how powerful it was. Well, this has kind of the same effect here, where, like, like okay, it's not just, like, all right, try really hard to shoot a really big blast. It's, it's okay, this is really going to do some damage, so we keep this kind of locked up until you specifically try to unlock it. Yeah, well... That may be the case for, you know, for, uh, you know, the ion powers, or it could have just been with, you know, because of Scar. Eh, I think Scar said no. Like, Scar didn't turn his key, her key. I know, but, like, she could have been, you know, said, like, okay, if you want to use this entity. Oh, like, beforehand? Yeah, like, then you, okay. you're going to have to get permission, and I'm going to be the one that gives you the permission and I'm not going to give permission ever. Yeah. So. Oh, either. And did you catch the one mistake in the issue? Um, which one? What are you talking about? Uh, when um, like the page before the attempted kill shot, where um, guy yells Kilowog, and Aresia says, "I'll stay." Oh wait, no, there's no mistake. I misread that panel. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought, like, oh, Aresia says, you know, you know, you go, I'll go after him, but then she stays, or whatever. What? They're fine. Okay. They're flawless. It's great. Um, did you get, and I feel like I should be asking John Godwin this, but Guy makes a reference to, I think it's Star Trek, unless it's something else, but it's probably Star Trek. Where he says, on uh, the page where he's freeing all the captured telepaths, um, you know, Cardor's there, <clears throat> he's yelling, no, and then 
last panel of the page says there a uh, guy says there goes the old USS Enterprise you turn the page and he just says off to Brooklyn as he punches Cardor in the face really hard right. and I'm like what the hell does that mean <laughs> unless it's like it's like an actual like naval ship navy history but, I, but still why would guy I don't know I don't think uh, a naval ship would be the USS. Because USS stands for United Starship. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I think he was probably just, you know... Yeah, I actually have no idea. Someone please write in, call in, explain this to us. Dan. Do you know what finally got released a week ago? Let's see. I haven't seen anything in the news, so it's probably not murderers. (laughs) What got released, Jim? The Sinestro Core Power Battery. Ah, I trust yours got lost in the mail. (laughs) No, no, and I was on top of that. So if it was (laughs) lost in the mail... Like, I would have known instantly. Yeah. Yes, I uh, I got the email from DCBS, and I started tracking that, and oh my god. It finally came on Tuesday night, and uh, well, first off, the box that they shipped it in was, like, enormous. Like, the box must have been, like, three feet high, and at least, like, you know, two, two and a half feet wide and long. Hmm. So it's like this just like colossal size box. Like with stuff with so many packing peanuts, it was <laughs> just like beyond belief. <laughs> it was like a, it was literally a huge project just to get the battery out of the box without spilling peanuts everywhere. But uh it was funny. I you know what I I was tracking it. I have an app on my phone that lets me track it. So I kept on updating it, you know, that, that uh, Tuesday, checking to see when it was going to be delivered. And after I finally, you know, got the confirmation that it was delivered and I'm on my way home from work, I started thinking to myself, it's like, oh, man, it's like I spent $240 on this battery. I'm like, that's a lot of money. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten it. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I want to, I get it, I'll look at it. And then I'll throw it up on eBay and, you know. What? And, and, you know, because do I, do I really need a, a power battery like this? It's just going to take up more space. After all this, yeah. that's what you started to think. Buyer's after remorse, yes. After uh, after waiting you... eight months for the thing, after countless, you know, delays and whatnot and pushing back the date, I, I finally get word that the thing has been delivered. And I start, you know, questioning whether or not, like, you know, should I have gotten this power battery? These would be excellent questions to have asked in, like, 2010 sometime. Yeah, early 2010. So, I get get the battery, and I get it all out, and then I take it out of the package, and, oh my god, it's like, yeah, I'm really happy I bought this battery. (laughs) (laughs) All the hesitation went away. The battery is beautiful. It, How heavy is it? Uh, it's not that heavy. Uh, it's a couple of pounds. I, I would say like less than 10 pounds. All right. 
it's it's a little bit bigger than the green battery. It's a little taller. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the face of it is you know a lot different than the original battery. It's like an actual like flat face as opposed to the Green Lantern's like it actually has an indent of the symbol where the ring goes to turn it on. Mm. Um, but uh, but this this doesn't have the indent. It doesn't have the indent, but when you put the oh. ring to it, it lights up. I like that better. Without the indent. Yeah. No. Either way. I like them. I like it either way. But oh man, the thing is. Well, first off, the thing is beautiful. But then, like after a whole bunch of maneuvering, it wasn't easy. But I finally got the thing into my my cabinet, my uh, curio cabinet, <laughs> and like I I literally had to take certain shelves out to maneuver it. There's like one specific way that you can maneuver it in, and that's it. <laughs> and then it's in there. Oh God. So, but I, I finally fit it in, and now it's just like the the color difference between the green batteries and the yellow one is just like, it's phenomenal. It just like the whole thing just looks so cool now. I'm so happy I got it. And I cannot wait for the green, the, the green for the movie and the, uh, the red lantern battery now. So is this it? Are you all in for like every single battery? I think so. Like, there's definite there's batteries that I'm definitely going to get. Like I definitely want red. Red is an absolute definite. And I really want the movie battery because it looks so distinct. And beyond that, like I really I really, really want the orange one. I actually want the orange one more than I want red at this point. <laughs> but uh and and I, I talked to Mark Marble about all this, you know, and he says, Yeah, well it makes sense that you would want orange more than any other <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, like blue, white, black. I de- I want those, but not as much as the others. And then when you get to like violet and indigo, where they're basically all like exact replicas of each other, except those are just you know different colors, which doesn't make any sense to me because in the comics those batteries have such interesting and distinctive looks. That to not, you know, duplicate those actual looks, you know, it's it's a shame. It's a real shame. So, you know, I, but I said, like, the way that they're releasing these, it's at the rate of, like, one a year or possibly two a year. So we really have, like, you know, more than half a decade until uh, <laughs> they finally get all, get all of them out. Yes. Yeah. If I want to get an orange, I'll just start saving pennies now. <laughs> yeah. In a couple of years. I know, I, I think orange will be the next one that they, they uh put out. Hmm. But uh yeah, hopefully they'll they'll rework Violet and Indigo. And if they do, then I'm definitely in for all of them. What if they uh they end up changing the design of the batteries in the comic so they do look like the regular so now all of a sudden those props are accurate. I would be okay with that, surprisingly. <laughs> but I, I would definitely go ahead and uh, make myself uh, an Indigo staff. Hmm. Nice. So, uh, speaking of Mark Marble, um, well, first off, we want to give a shout out to Mark because aside from you know giving us tons of heads up on you know toys and figures and everything like that, he just recently got married. Yeah. Poor bastard. 
congratulations, Mark. Yeah, Mark's awesome. So yeah. wish him lots of uh, luck and success in his marriage. Didn't that? Didn't he just get married on like Valentine's Day or something? I think it was Valentine's Day. I'm not a hundred percent sure though. It was right in that area though. Yeah, it's like definitely like give or take a day or two. Yeah. So, so now yeah, that's, that's great. Yes. Oh, and Mark, Mark also got the yellow battery. Oh, he did too. Yeah. So when that thing came, like between the two of us, like we're we're texting each other. It's like you know, it's like you know, does your Georgia come in in a, a giant huge huge box? It's like yeah, there were tons and tons of packing peanuts. So, that's funny. Yeah. No, no better way to kick off a marriage than with a giant dose of concentrated fear. <laughs> That would be funny if it was her wedding gift to him. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or he just said it is, and he signed her name on it, being like, oh, honey, you're the best. And she's like, what? What? What's yeah. happening? Is this going to happen often? I don't understand. Yes, <laughs> it, it will. <laughs> um, so also, thanks to Mark, I got uh, some some other toy news that, uh, that came out, uh, one of which is the DCU Action League for 2011. Um, well, the first wave, whatnot. They've they've released some of them so far. I know I have uh, Hal Jordan with White Lantern Sinestro. Mm. There's a Firestorm <laughs> with a Black Lantern. Was it Death Deathstorm? Deathstorm, yeah. Yeah. So this new wave comes with Green Arrow with Prometheus, <laughs> which really that's that's an odd pairing for a tiny little children's toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern, John Stewart, and Atrocitus. You know, seriously, you know, Green Arrow killed Prometheus. Oh wow, yeah, I forgot about that. That's hardcore. That is. <laughs> Green Arrow's got an arrow pointed at Prometheus's face. Oh. Oh. God. Hey kids, now you can act out your favorite comic books too. I'm putting you on trial, Green Arrow. Yay! <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. John Stewart and Atrocitus, which awesome. that one looked really cool. That does, that does. Uh, Green Lantern, Tomar Ray, and Sinestro, Sinestro Corps member Lowe, uh, and then Batman and the Joker. It's, a, it's like, Batman, who the hell even cares? Batman and the Joker, whatever. Let's, let's look at the mass murderer in this guy. <laughs> God. I think Chad said he already saw um, John and Atrocitus in a Walmart. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's going for like seven and bucks or so. Yeah, something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah, he, uh, Mark sent me the link to uh, Big Bad Toy Store, and they have it for $30 for all four of them. How tall are these? Are they like an inch or two tall or something? Yeah, they're about two inches tall. Okay. Because I've, I've been thinking about the, this John and the Atrocitus. Because it's like, okay, it's it's two characters I actually like. You know, the one thing that I will say about them, really, to, to their credit, a lot of toy companies, they they show, like, certain colors on the toys on the, like, the mock-ups. And then when the actual toy comes out, it's, like, nowhere near as vibrant. Hmm. Uh, I know, like, when they came out with the Flash figure, the, the Flash figure, like, the, the promotional images for it, the color red that they had on it was so so gorgeous and vibrant. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to get a Flash figure. 
Like, it, it's just so cool looking. And then it comes out, and it's like this darker, muddy, red... It's just like, oh, well, that completely, you know, made me lose all interest whatsoever. But these figures, like, the Sinestro figure that I have, like, the colors on him are, like, fantastic. It's it's really... It, it, it's it's nice. It's really nice. So, yeah, judging by these pictures of John and Atrocitus, I think uh, I think I'm definitely going to get that one. Uh, as far as Tomare and uh, Low, I don't know. I, I could probably pass on that, but I may get it just so that I have a member from each core. <laughs> yeah. Do you find it odd how much how much play like Low and Mash are getting? Like, cause they've this is at least the set. Like, cause there was a whatever that other line yeah. is that has a low figure in it now here's one here um well that... i think that's that's the the thing like the other set has a low and a mash like that it's one figure with interchangeable parts uh, which yeah. which means a lot of kids are going to want that figure hmm. you know who who wouldn't want a figure that can be two different characters so because it's in that line and it's like visually interesting they said, "Oh well, let's make it for this line also." Well, like after that, I saw like like in the the clip we talked about last week for the new animated movie, like yeah. that one panel of the Sinestro Corps, like he's in there too, and like the last like two issues of Green Lantern Corps, I've spotted him in the crowd. And I'm like, did which which came first, like him being in the? Is he showing up in these places because there's a toy of him now, or has he always been in these crowd shots and I've just never noticed him before? Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the more common ones. Hmm. So, so what do you, is is because you're the you're Mister Toy Guy. So is like, if I walk into a Walmart, see this for seven or eight bucks, just the John and Arkillo, right? Or, Atrocitus. Um, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> if the I see John Atrocitus two pack, seven or eight bucks. Is that a good price? Yeah, that's about average. I, I think I think seven dollars is probably the average price. Okay. I know, like with uh, with Hal and Sinestro, I, I had been looking for it for a while, and I, I kept going to a bunch of places that would have the Firestorm double pack. They'd have some of the other you know figures from the wave, but the Green Lantern one was always the one that they were out of. Hmm. So I think if you do see a Green Lantern one that you are looking for, definitely pick it up when you have the chance. Hmm. So, so the the final bit of news that we have here is uh, this another thing that Mark you know sent me. It's the DC Mimobot eight gigabyte USB flash drive. This one is in the style of Green Lantern. It's uh, a little, like, deformed, you know, little stand-up Green Lantern thing. And when you pry off Hal Jordan's skull, <laughs> a USB port is visible, and uh, it can store 8 gigabytes worth of data. Like, it's seriously, like, it's it's where his brain should be. Like, <laughs> it separates right at the, right at the forehead. <laughs> it's great. So, yeah, so since they came out with the Green Lantern one, I, I spoke with Mark, and we, we came up with a list of other flash drives that they could come up with. Unfortunately, each one is going to have kind of a uh, 
a side effect, if you will. Oh, God. Yes. So, if you get the Larfleeze uh, flash drive, it saves all your data, but it never lets you access it. <laughs> the uh, the Sinestro uh, Memobot <laughs> will corrupt your data and instill great fear and panic within you. Uh, if you get the, the Star Sapphire Memobot flash drive, it uh, it messes around with your data, but you won't mind. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it would only let you save porn or something. <laughs> that would be good, too. Uh, <laughs> the Atrocitus flash drive hides your data in a maze of folders, causing great rage as you look for it. <laughs> the uh, The Indigo flash drive shares your data with everyone, since they <laughs> deserve it, too. <laughs> And uh, and then when you click on a file from uh, the Saint Walker Memobot, a message comes up telling you that it's accessing the data, giving you hope. But without a green Memobot nearby, the file will never open. <laughs> Man. Uh, you guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, unfortunately... And I don't know why they would actually make this one, but if you had a Black Lantern Memobot, if it ever came in contact with a green Memobot and any other color Memobot, it just starts melting. Or, like, if you plug in a Black Lantern one, it just deletes all your files from your hard drive. <laughs> uh, but you could restore it with a white Memobot. That's true. That's your backup. What what would be great? Because it's a flash drive. Just first of all, there needs to be one of the flash because it's a flash drive. <laughs> a flash flash drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I what would be awesome because of the whole like take off the top thing. If like you could get one of all right, it would be Arkillo looking up, sticking his tongue out. So the lid you take off is you're taking his tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> that would be weird looking god this Hello. looks this looks so weird it's like, I mean, it shows him stand, it shows this thing standing sideways and it's so thin and it's head is so tall it, it, this is basically like Hector Hammond Hal Jordan <laughs> yeah. if you took Hal Jordan and then like I guess put him in a compactor and then started steamrolling him yes it's uh, it's a Hal Jordan pancake flash drive. So you gonna get one of these? Absolutely not. Come on, we can keep all of our valuable show stuff on it. God, it's forty dollars for eight gigabytes worth of flash drive. Oh, that's a steal. Oh, Down yeah. from forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a steal, as in they're stealing money from you. You should steal it. <laughs> think that's about it. I think so. Okay. Well, if you want to email us, you can do so at lanterncast at gmail.com or uh, any of our names at lanterncast.com, Jim, Dan, Jason, Chad, or James. Oh, did I say James twice? No. You said okay. your name, which is kind of like James. Jim, James, yes. Oh, wait, uh, maybe at, you did. Jason, yeah. Jason. Jason isn't in there. <laughs> I said Jason, too, did at you? lanterncast.com, yes. Our website is lanterncast.com, and if you go there, you can find links to our forum, our Facebook page, our new gallery, um, all of our episodes and news. It's uh, 
It's pretty cool. We have a Twitter that's on there too. There's a lot of stuff on our webpage. Thank you, James. <laughs> uh, our voicemail number is 206-202-1159. You can go on iTunes and download us there and uh, leave us a review if you like. That would be awesome. Yeah. Five stars. Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, Don't forget Super Show. Oh. April 30th and May 1st. Jesus, I have to update my countdown. <laughs> oh, yeah, seven minutes from now. Yeah. Oh, no, we just gave it away How? what time we're recording. Don't worry. Nobody knows that we're seven minutes away from there being 57 days till Super Show. <laughs> oh, as long as we don't tell them that it's a Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, folks. So long. Good night, everybody. You just can't... Nope. (laughs) Well, good morning, everyone. Like hell. (laughs) So long. All right, let's start this. Okay. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <clears throat> Similance. Similance. <clears throat> la, 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 la. You ready? That's for after the credits, James. <laughs>